As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I'm here with Rob and we're actually in person today. We're staying distant. We're being safe. But uh, it's good to be back. Rob, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Hopefully my voice sounds a little cleaner. It's good to hear your voice, <laughs> not over the phone. I know. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this, too. I also think we riff better when we're in person because it's hard to read someone over the phone. So There's also like a little delay, too, sometimes. There's a delay. Because like, we're not like video conferencing. It's just like old-fashioned pop on yeah. the phone. So yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. But we are staying safe, so we will promise... Uh, not to infect anyone. It's real. It's only us here, so it would only be us getting infected. And we're in my new apartment. Yes, which is Rob, a lot bigger than my old apartment. Rob just moved, so there's more space, uh, more space for us to spread out, be safe, and uh, we hope everyone else stays safe and spread out as well. While you are watching sports and doing sports as many sports as you can right now. And speaking of sports, the sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expensive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So I think it's been about six months, maybe seven months since we've done an in-person podcast. So um, it's been a while. We might be rusty. Who knows? We'll, f- we'll figure it out as we go along. I mean, it was maybe March. We were still playing basketball the last time the in-person podcast Yeah, happened. we did We did the, the last podcast we did live. I remember this was the a- the ACC prediction podcast. Oh, I do remember well, that. I think we, we went through the entire bracket. We went through the bracket. I and think, then it's just... I think it was like, well, UVA could win, but we could also lose in the first round. And we didn't really have an answer for anyone. But luckily, we didn't even play a game. So it was, it, we, we it won. It like forever ago. We won both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it was oh forever ago. Oh, gosh. Um, but you know, we've got NBA basketball. We're going to talk about some who's in the NBA. We'll do that later to start off. We're going to do football because that's like the main thing happening right now. There's a lot of football news coming out of camp and Rob is going to take us away. Rob, what is probably the most important thing 
or news to come out of the football camp this week? Well, there was unfortunately a lot of news that came out uh, on Friday. So Bronco Mendenhall had a press conference on Friday. And yeah, you know, we learned kind of two big pieces of news there. One, um, which we'll expand on all of these, but one is Ronnie Walker's waiver was not approved by the NCAA, which, you know, very, very surprising. Um, you know, especially a guy coming home, you know, closer to the family during the pandemic and a season where years of eligibility don't even count, you know, that was approved uh, over the weekend is that, or I think on Friday is that no years of eligibility are going to be counted this year. And he still wasn't approved for his waiver. So that was the big news leaves us with only two scholarship running backs. We have some thoughts on that. We'll break that down. Um, Second piece of news is uh, Dontavian Wicks is out for the season with injury. Now we know that, uh, or we don't know what the injury is. We just know it's an injury. He's out for the year. That's what Bronco Mendenhall said. Uh, and that's what Jeff White said in his article, too. So those are the two big pieces of news, personnel-wise, to come out this week. Now, the other piece of news, which, again, we'll touch on later, um, is that we're probably not—we know we're not going to play VMI, and we're probably not going to play anyone before we play Virginia Tech. So our opener is probably going to be on the road in Blacksburg with most likely Brennan Armstrong as our brand-new starting quarterback. So a lot came out this week. Um, so with that— Let's let's pause. Let's take it all in. What does this mean to you, Dustin? All these personnel updates that came out this week. I mean, that's a lot to go into. So when I heard about Dontavian Wicks, I was pretty, you know, I, I felt like that was a big piece of news in its own because, I mean, he was an up-and-coming wide receiver. He didn't get a lot of minutes last year, but he was someone that a lot of people were looking to to fill some of those minutes left behind and catches left behind by Joe Reed and... Uh, and the other one. Hasis. Yeah, Hasis Dubois. I'm sorry. And <laughs> and so a lot of people were looking at that. Of course, we've got Tavares Kelly. We've got Billy Kemp. But I think Dontavian Wicks was someone that people wanted to have a breakout season, kind of, like a, a good campaign this year. And so it's unfortunate that he won't be able to join us. Of course, we have, still have Terrell, Terrell Jana, just the guy that's kind of everyone's looking at as the leader. And I think... He, Dontavian Wicks would have been like a good fourth or third guy to have on the field. So it's really unfortunate that we can't have him in the wide receiver rotation as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, looking at the rotation, you know, Dontavian Wicks wasn't, you know, a huge part of the offense last year. He played, I think he, uh, my computer's being slow. I think he had three catches for 61 yards. Y'all can fact check me later. You know, he had the touchdown against Liberty, and he got a lot of press. You know, he looks the part. He was the biggest uh, or the highest rated recruit out of that three wide receiver freshman class. You know, Nathaniel Beal tore his ACL last year, so he redshirted. Dorian Goddard got dinged up. He ended up redshirting after playing a couple games. So Dontavian Wicks was the name that we knew, and he kind of fits that Bronco receiver mold that we've seen. You know, big, strong, physical guy. You know, we saw that with Laroni, we saw it with Donnie Dowling, you know, last year with Joe Reed, Hasis Dubois. Dontavian Wicks fixed that. And, you know, he was kind of expected, even though he didn't have that great of stats last year, he was kind of expected to be the other wide receiver on the outside opposite Jana. So that's definitely a loss. Certainly hurts. So looking at the wide receiver room now, you know, by all accounts, I think we have to, you know, really consider 
Marcus Higgins as one of the top coaches on this coaching staff because oh, his sure. unit continues to produce. And, you know, this year we've got Rashawn Henry, who's an FCS transfer. Apparently he's doing really well. I could really see him, honestly, you know, week one potentially being the other starter on the outside outs opposite Jana. Um, and then you look on the inside, you know, Tavares Kelly and Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp had a really strong uh, push to end last season. Tavares Kelly has apparently had a great camp. Um, and, you know, Bronco was even talking about the freshmen. You know, you've got Bell Davis at six foot seven. You know, there could be situations, especially in the red zone, where he's used. And also Demick uh, Starling, another freshman. He's not the big body type, you know, listed on the roster at six foot 170. But, you know, certainly a guy that Bronco has talked up and has said, you know, he's been doing really well in camp. So there's a lot of bodies in that room, just not that many proven bodies outside of Jana at the FBS level. So it'll certainly be curious to see these wide receiver combinations. Because if you remember at the beginning of last year, you know, we had guys, um, Terrell Chapman was getting a lot of run at the mm-hmm. beginning of last year, and he kind of disappeared. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this room folds. But losing uh, Wicks certainly hurts. Yeah, and, and you hit it right on the head. You know, he had three catches, 61 yards. He had one touchdown the year. The stat that really pops out to me, though, is his average is 20.3 yards per catch. Um, that's a really – that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I mean, Hasis Dubois had 14.2. So, And I know he only had three catches. That's a small, you know, kind of target amount. But – and all things considered, I mean, that's pretty good for someone who doesn't – see a lot of playing time is to get those deep balls to see those deep threats so it was it's unfortunate hopefully he can come back next year and uh you know just all you know hopefully he heals well yeah and we don't know what the injury is that's no. like the frust for to me that's the most frustrating part about college football is that they don't have to reveal what the actual injuries are uh-huh. and i'm sure it'll leak out it could leak out tomorrow it could leak out next month but we don't know what the injury is but we just know that he's out for the year um which is certainly a bummer and really kind of the next big piece of news, and I know we were going back and forth on this before this. You thought this was a bigger piece of news. I think this well, is Well, I think I take it news. back now. Okay. <laughs> think, thinking back on it, I regret what I said. Before this, before we start recording, we were discussing what we are going to say. And I said that losing Dontavian Wicks was, was worse than losing Ronnie Walker or not having Ronnie Walker for the year. And Rob uh, severely disagreed with me, and I could see why now. Um, just because we do have other wide receivers stepping up. In terms of running backs, we don't really, there, there's not a lot else there. I mean, we have Wayne Talapapa, who was our starter last year, really solid running back. But, like, as, as you know, Rob has said in the past, is like nothing special, really. It's like very solid, great on the goal line, but Ronnie Walker would have brought something a lot different. And, you know, we've already lost Mike Hollins for the year as well opting out or just not not coming to camp this year we don't really know if he's officially one of them because they haven't said but Bronco said on Friday oh he so did it say. Is, yeah it had been rumored for a while but now it's confirmed Mike Collins is opting out this season Mike Collins is opting out so we don't have Mike Collins we don't have Ronnie Walker so we have two running backs on scholarship this season which is not a lot not a lot no so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at what the running back room was supposed to be. If you go back to the end of last season, you know, P.K. Kyer and Lamont Atkins were supposed to be seniors. You know, Jamari Peacock was more of a fullback, but he was supposed to be there. And obviously, uh, Lamont Atkins, P.K. Kyer, they left the program back in the spring. Uh, Jamari Peacock, it was just announced as looking to transfer. Now we have Mike Collins, who 
you know, last year didn't have a huge role in the backfield, but certainly showed potential. And at minimum, he was on pretty much every special teams unit. Mm-hmm. So we take him out of the equation. And, you know, what are we left with? You know, really without Ronnie Walker getting his waiver, which is still very surprising. And, you know, no one really understands the NCAA's selection process here. But you're left with the scholarship running backs of Wayne Talapapa, who, as you alluded to, you know, is solid. He didn't fumble the ball which is good. He's a very good blocking back, which is good. But, you know, Bronco loves the word dynamic. He's not dynamic. You know, he would get caught up from behind. And even Bronco would say that. It's like, yeah, you put him in the open field, they're probably going to catch him. They're very honest about that. So the other scholarship running back we have is Shane Simpson, who is an FCS transfer. You know, he's really more of a pass catching back. You know, he's good on the ground. He's a great kick returner. Um, but that was all at the FCS level, not to mention he missed last year with a torn ACL. So you hope he's coming back strong, but we just really don't know. And that's it. Those are the two scholarship running backs we have this year. So I would definitely expect Paris Jones, a walk-on, to get some run at some point. You know, he mm-hmm. was one of the first players to select their jersey, so he's certainly respected in that locker room. And, you know, there is a precedent for Bronco giving guys uh, scholarships who are walk-ons and, you know, even some guys on the roster, you know, uh, think Brendan Nelson, think uh, Oluwatimi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Paris Jones is probably going to have to step into a bigger role. So there's just not many bodies in that room right now. And it's certainly a bit concerning. You know, thankfully with Jordan Ellis and then with Wayne, they haven't battled those injury issues as much. But Wayne did miss two games last year. So if there is an injury at some point, which at the running back position, there probably will be, you know, we're, we're pretty thin right now. And the other thing is that, you know, the running back position last year was not as important because Bryce Perkins would just run the ball most of the time anyway. So without Perkins in the backfield, we really have to rely a lot more on the running back, the actual running backs to actually run the ball. I mean, Brennan can run the ball. Uh, he's kind of like a tank, though. So he's not going to do it all the time. He's also, you know, the quarterback. So I, I'm sure the coaching staff doesn't want him running ki- quite as much as, you know, Bryce was. But I think that the running backs were, and you know, things coming out of can't like the offensive line is saying that you know the running game is really stepping up this season, and they're focusing more on the running game this season, stuff like that. Well, the running backs are gonna have to do it all, yeah. Um, because I'm not, I'm for one not expecting Brennan to account for 75 percent of the offense this year, so the running backs have to do something, and it's it's much more difficult when there's only two of them. Definitely. And you bring up a great point, um, especially with Bryce Perkins. And, you know, I don't want to belabor this too much. Like, I know we've talked about the differences in running style, you know, between Brennan and Bryce and even Keaton Thompson. You know, it looks like Broncos said on Friday, Brennan Armstrong right now would be the starter. You know, there's four weeks of camp left before the presumed first game, which is now Virginia Tech. But Brennan's probably going to be the starter. Um, But you bring up a great point, too, with the offensive line. You know, this is the most experienced offensive line they've had. And, you know, it looks like just with the snippets of video we get, you know, they're moving guys around. Last week, you know, in all the practice clips, Dylan Rankinsmeyer was at left tackle. And now we see Rankinsmeyer in some videos at right guard, which means Gellerstedt is probably at left tackle. Bobby Haskins, who played left tackle a lot last year, is out um, with an injury through fall camp. So he hasn't been cleared to practice yet. And Ryan Swoboda, by all accounts, is pretty much locked down that right tackle position which is really interesting Mm -hmm. but all of this to say is there's a lot of bodies 
I don't know if the offensive line is a strength per se, but it's going to be better, and it should at least be above average this season. For sure better than last season. For sure better than last season. And they're going to try to run the ball because they have to. Just like you said, you know, Brennan is like more of a tank. He's not this dynamic, elusive runner like Bryce Perkins was. So there's going to be way more of an emphasis than last season on running the football. And if now you're saying you have two scholarship running backs, you know, that is a bit concerning to me, especially when your main guy just isn't the most dynamic guy in the world. You know, no one, like no defensive coordinator is sitting at home saying, how do we stop playing Talapapa? That's just not, that's just not a thing. Right. It's like a, it's like a fall forward for three yards kind of running back. And that's great in certain situations, but in other situations, I'd like someone with a little bit more pizzazz, kind of like a Mike Hollins, who we don't have this year. Or, you know, Bryce Perkins, who is, is able to create different stuff in space. So, I think that, you know, there's different strengths for different running backs. You know, I mean, Wayne Talapapa had 12 rushing touchdowns last year, led the led the team, uh, averaged 4.1 yards per carry, but it's pretty much like run it up the middle, you know, like the old, the old Mike London run <laughs> up the middle. And that's fine sometimes, but other times we need something different. And the most concerning stat with Wayne Talapapa, which David Teal tweeted out, and it's still stuck in my head, um... He had one run over 20 yards last mm-hmm. year, which was a 31-yarder yeah. against Duke. Yeah. That's it. He had one run over 20 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, He's and, consistently a, a three, four-yard running back. He averaged 4.1 yards a carry. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I'm not saying he needs to be, like, some dynamic All-American guy. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, this isn't the NFL where, like, guys max out at five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Like, four yards a carry in the NFL isn't as bad. But, like, you look at college, like, I'm— Redskins, Washington football team, whatever you call them, fan. You know, I've been talking a lot about Bryce Love recently. Bryce Love averaged like over eight yards a carry in college. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying I need Bryce Love, but there is certainly room to improve there. For sure. And, you know, and we were hoping for that. I mean, you know, we, we kept saying Mike Hollins was the running back of the future. The future is now pushed back a little bit more because he's not playing this season. You know, we've had some people come in. Maybe we'll see what they can do. But for now, it's just we're just going to wait and see, you know, does the coaching staff change what they have? Or are we just going to – or is Brennan going to run more than we think? I mean, that's another possibility is maybe they run Brennan a lot more than we were anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do more more sweeps? Do they move maybe Billy Kemp or Tavares Kelly in the backfield even, do some jets, jet sweeps? I don't know. I think there's a lot of different things to do. You could even do like you know a wide receiver screen, which is kind of like a run anyway, because mm-hmm. um, it starts in the backfield, just on the outside. So I don't know if you noticed this, but in uh, one of the practice videos they sent out was a screen to Ronnie Walker, Ooh. and all the comments on the video were like, "Did we actually just run a screen? <laughs> like we haven't seen a screen from Robert and I since Smoke graduated." Yeah. Like, so maybe that's in the playbook this year. Yeah, yeah, but do we do it anymore if Ronnie Walker's not going to play? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Shane Simpson, I will say, has the potential to be a very good receiving How back. tall is he? I don't know, but I know his— um, I think he's small. He is—I know he's a smaller guy. Yeah. But I know his stats, his last fully healthy year, um, was essentially—it was like 700 yards receiving, like 700 yards rushing, and then a ton of kick return yards. Like, he's very much like a third down, like— It's like a smoke back. Yeah. running back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. There's a lot of questions on offense. And the one thing, before we kind of move on from the personnel, um, the one thing I will say is defensively, you know, 
Kelly Papinga, the outside linebackers coach, co-defensive coordinator, was talking this week about the defense. And, you know, on defense, you know, we know there's five opt-outs, and we know three of them so far right now. So mm-hmm. we know Mike Collins, and then we also know that Ben Smiley and Eric and uh, Famui are not mm-hmm. there. So the defensive line depth is taking a hit. Yeah. But what Papinga was really emphasizing is what he called the multiplicity, you know, quote-unquote multiplicity of the defense and just the ability they have at the outside linebacker position. You know, Noah Taylor, Charles Snowden. Um, he said they want to get Matt Gam on the field more. And he mm-hmm. said Elliot Brown, um, three of the four of those guys are seniors, said they want to get Elliot Brown on the field more too. Not to mention all the young guys. You know, now our best recruits are outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be doing a lot of things on defense. And cornerback depth is a little thin right now. You know, we know Darius Braden is back at practice. Mm-hmm. I think Heskin Smith, people are sleeping on him a little bit. Uh, you know, we have Nick Grant back for his senior year. But that's really kind of the proven players at corner. And even calling Braden and uh smith proven might be a bit of a stretch you know mm-hmm. we have a lot of bodies at safety now especially now when you bring in amos the jmu transfer mm-hmm. um so all of this to say they're going to use these linebackers in a lot of different ways uh, you know last year as guys got hurt charles snowden and noah taylor played more like safety-esque roles at times so I'm really curious to see how these lineups are going to be, especially knowing that defensive line depth is a little bit thin. You know, I think we'll be okay as long as there's not another major injury or two, but that could happen. You know, that could certainly happen. So um, I'm really curious to see how they use these outside linebackers because they're probably the most talented group on the team, and Papinga and Hal are both really creative. So you, it'll be interesting. Do you think we do some sort of weird nickel package where we just have an extra linebacker on the field and they just kind of blitz? All the I time, mean, or? looking back at last year, you know, down the stretch, we had three line, three outside linebackers on the field a lot between mm-hmm. Noah Taylor, Matt Gam, and Charles Snowden. Right, because they had to cover the slot. Because yeah, because we didn't have no Nelson, we didn't right. have Bryce Hall, you know, guys were banged up. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a real possibility. What I'm curious to see is how many packages do we get where there's four outside linebackers, mm-hmm. or maybe it's one or two defensive linemen. And, you know, we have pretty good depth on the inside between Zane Zandier, um, Nick Jackson, you know, Rob Snyder's still battling an injury. I don't think he's 100% cleared yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the depth is at the outside linebacker position right now. So I'm really curious to see what type of schemes they draw up and, you know, if they can trust the corners enough to get, just give them in, you know, one or two seconds of man coverage to bring these really cool blitzes that they do. I think it'll be really cool to see because, you know, you remember at the beginning of last year when everyone was healthy, you know, think Pitt, think Mm -hmm. William & Mary, think even ODU, like, our defense was good, man. It was great. It was good. And then people got hurt. But Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, like, we'll have a fun defense again this year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's kind of the hope, especially when our first game is going to be against Tech. Um, We want our defense to be healthy. We want it to be unpredictable. We want it to be, you know, as as ready to go as possible because – I think when you start off a game against a team like Virginia Tech where there's a lot of history, uh, we're playing in Blacksburg this year, so that's something new. And, you know, this team is, I still think, hungry and kind of feels like they're an underdog. Again, even though the line will probably be pretty close for that game. So I'm, I'm excited to see this defense. You know, it's the strength of this team. The linebackers are the strength of this team. There's a lot of depth there. And, you know, the defensive line, unfortunately, has taken a hit because of, of opt-outs, uh, which is, you know, perfectly understandable in this in this time. It's just the way it is. And, you know, Tech's lost some people, too, 
Um, and since we're talking about tech already, let's go ahead and talk about it. Rob, how do you feel about starting the year off against tech? Because Mendenhall basically came out and said that there's not really any plan to schedule anyone for that first week. Yeah, I'm, I don't love it. And I know the coaching staff doesn't love it either. Yeah. Um, it's hard, man. You know, you have these scrimmages. Like, you know, they were in Scott Stadium the other day for practices. And they do these scrimmages, which is great, but it's just not the same thing as a real game. You know, and VMI was the perfect opponent to put before Virginia Tech. You know, like, with right. all due respect to their program, which at one point, you know, my dad talks about how at one point VMI was a competitive game. And, like, it has, UVA went 2-10 and 10 one year and blew out VMI. Like, VMI is just the perfect opponent mm-hmm. to play before Virginia Tech. Um but that's not going to happen with the Southern Conference canceling their season and VMI saying they're not going to play non-conference games. And like you said, by all accounts, we're probably not going to schedule anyone before Virginia Tech. So I don't love it. I really wish we had a game in there to play. Virginia Tech opens the season at home against NC State, and then, you know, obviously the week after they play us. Um, so I don't love it, especially, you know, talking— we return a pretty experienced team. I think that's a misconception out there right now is that this team is inexperienced. It's pretty experienced. It's just that Bryce Perkins, you know, like we just most don't have of Bryce. Our, most <laughs> of our team is gone. Yeah. Like it's just, I think there's a misconception out there about that, which I think hopefully will show itself, you know, more through on defense, but on offense, a brand new quarterback, again, most likely Brennan Armstrong, you know, putting them in Blacksburg. Now there's not going to be fans there most likely, or at least a very limited number of which fans, helps. which definitely helps us because, you know, with all due respect to black or, you know, it's, it's kind of a hard place to play. There's I'll no, give them that. There's nothing else to do in Blacksburg. Yeah, That's all they have. It's kind of a hard place to play. Right. <laughs> so no fans at least. Um, and you know, the wild card here is that Bud Foster is no longer the defensive coordinator at tech tech returns a lot of talent on defense some really, really good first-team All-ACC-type guys. But what does that unit look like without Bud Foster? Mm -hmm. But you're starting a brand-new quarterback in Brendan Armstrong. So, I don't know. All I'll say is that I don't love it. What do you think? I don't love it either. I I, I would really prefer to play VMI. You know, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. I really didn't want to play Liberty. Like I don't want to play Liberty Like There's just nothing good that can come from that game. Like, I... I almost don't even want to say like with all due respect. Like, I just don't want to play. There's Liberty. no respect. Yeah. There's I no respect with Liberty. Him. I just I just can't. Um and it would be unsafe as well. Like they they, yeah. they have no testing. It's just a mess. And so I think at this point, you know, there's really there's we don't have a lot of other options at this point. As well as the fact that you'd have to convince a team to come to Virginia to play in Scott Stadium. It it's just not going to happen unless you pay someone a lot of money or you promise them a home and home. Mm-hmm. And with the teams that are left, it's n- doesn't look like we want to play. Like we don't want to play at temple. We don't want to no. do that. <laughs> so I think at this point opening against Virginia tech is probably the only way forward. Now, do I like it? No. Do I think that it's going to be a good game? Probably because both teams bring back a lot of good people. You know, Tech brings back their quarterback uh, Hooker, who really came on at the end of last season. Uh, didn't throw an interception until the UVA game when No Taylor picked him off twice. I think that Tech has got a good defense, but UVA brings back a lot too. You know, UVA's got their whole de- 
most of their linebacking core is back. They've got a really good secondary. Defensive line is okay. And our offensive line is the most experienced in the Coastal Division. Or the one of the most experienced in the ACC conglomerate. No, it has, I think, the most returning starts of any offensive line in the, in the ACC. ACC. Yeah. And it's certainly the most experienced of Mendenhall's tenure here. I, I probably, I still probably wouldn't call it the best, but it's definitely the most experienced. And <laughs> yeah, I think that has, I actually think that has a lot to do. Um, that it's got some carry with it, you know. Mm-hmm. My worry, and I, I spoke on this in our last podcast, is like, are they going to be game ready on that first, in, for that first game at Tech? Because you know, a lot of these warm up games, it's nice to get you know a couple quarters in. You've got the refs, you've got fans. This year's going to be completely different. So I have no idea, you know, how players are going to play without fans. How are they going to play, you know, in a giant empty stadium is that going to change their perspective i think it's going to be really weird so it'll be interesting to see that first week how teams do and i think we'll get a lot better insight as to how this uva team could perform as well yeah and i mean we've touched on all of this but like putting it all together what worries me the most is that you know you don't return your quarterback you don't return your first two options at receiver and we have two scholarship running backs like the backup of saying like oh well there's probably going to be some rust like through the air. It's like, oh, we'll just run the ball. It's like, oh, well, we have two running. We backs. can't really run the ball. <laughs> we have two running backs. Yeah. So, I I am a little bit worried about this offense. I'm not gonna lie, but it's probably you just don't be, know, man. It's gonna be a, a defensive shootout. I mean, it could be, and you know, Tech. You know, I'm I'm pretty high on Hendon Hooker. You know, I think Hendon Hooker did a really good job um, last season. Definitely has a pretty high ceiling, and you know. They bring back um, Trey Turner, who's a good receiver, but mm-hmm. they do lose Hazleton. They do lose Keen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are losing guys. So it, it'll be, I think it certainly could be more of a defensive game, certainly more leaning towards the first half of the game we saw last year versus the second half where points came on the board. Um, but, you know, it's so tough to say. And, you know, you just really hope that this offense is putting it together. And we see exciting clips on the practice videos that they put out. But we also know the staff is being intentionally very, very secretive of what's going on, knowing that Virginia Tech is most likely going to be their next game. So it's hard right. to get information. And the staff is, to their credit, you know, making it pretty hard for, on us to find it. Yeah. Do, do you think Tech looks past NC State at all? I don't think so. You know, I don't. I don't think NC State is um, good. <laughs> pretty much, I think Tech will <laughs> handle NC State pretty easily. Yeah. Um, you know, NC State had several years where they were a pretty solid team. I think they're going to take a step back this year. Um, that's where the general consensus is. And you know, we'll see how UVA does this year. Now that they finally beat Tech for the mm-hmm. first time in 15 years. But it's always, you know, Tech gets up for this game. They get up for this game as much as anybody. But they don't really have the nerves that we do. You know, so many times, like, during the Bronco years, for a bit, for sure, but especially during the London years, you felt it so strong during the London years. Yeah. As the UVA teams would just get so nervous before these games. Like, they wanted it so bad that they would, you know, just kind of freak themselves out mentally, which Mm -hmm. I get. I totally get. Like, to me, there's something incredible about athletes who can lock in and just laser focus and... You know, they just weren't able to do that. But mm-hmm. Tech doesn't really get nerves for this game, I feel like. So I don't think they're really going to be looking past VMI for us. But you know, everything NC State. You said VMI. Oh, sorry. NC State. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, but everything's changed. Like, we, we've beat them for the first time in 15 years. 
they we we are kind of we kind of flip the script on them right so like we're coming in we feel like the big dogs they kind of feel like they're being underappreciated i don't know i feel like there's there's something to say for like oh last year's team is the team that lost to uva and like most of those guys are back like are they nervous to do it again or are they angry you know like what kind of fire do they come out with and what does this uva team come out with do they come out with like oh, we can't lose to these guys now that we've beat them once? Or or are they like, oh, we're definitely not going to lose because we've already beat them? I don't know. I think there's just a lot of different ways that they could, you know, see this game. Oh, certainly. The, the one thing I will say from UVA's perspective is I'm not going to say this game was more important than last year's game because you had to break the streak. You obviously had to break the streak. Yeah. But if you want to show people you're serious, beat them two years Beat them twice, row. yeah. You know, like, if you're going to say, like, hey, Virginia's back— and. You know, Bronco, the recruiting strategy of the staff is very interesting, um, you know, how they do it. But, you know, in-state, you know, Bronco has been pretty strong of saying, you know, we haven't necessarily recruited in-state guys, you know, terrific at a, you know, great rate. Mm -hmm. And he's basically said, you know, everyone who's pretty much a top 20 player in-state has a UVA offer. Mm -hmm. But players just aren't going to UVA. Um, If you want to change that, like, Show the state of Virginia that you're serious, that you're beating Virginia Tech twice in a row now. You know, twice in what, got like eight, nine months. You know, show them that you're really serious about that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it certainly doesn't, there was so much on the line last year. You know, the Coastal, yeah. the Streak, blah, blah, blah. Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Yeah. It's certainly not quite as high a stakes as that, especially in the shortened season and everything. But you want to show people you're serious, beat Tech twice in a row. Yeah. And I think that would do such a world of good for this program, just from a reputation standpoint nationally, and then also uh, you know, recruiting. I think it would pay huge dividends there. Right. Yeah, I, I just, you know, just showing dominance over a team that, honestly, we should have beaten two years in a row for real. at this point. Yes. And, you know, to make it, two years in a row for real for actual i think would do a lot not just for the the team the program the fans would change their opinions you know i think that this does a lot for everyone is there anything else you want to mention about playing tech first one last word i don't love it i'll leave it at that i don't love it <laughs> we hate it <laughs> we're so nervous <laughs> But I think but I think it's so exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting. I mean, like that's the thing with all of this is like, if you would ask me a month ago, and I said this on the podcast, if you asked me a month ago, I would have told you you're crazy if you think college football is going to happen. Yeah. But like here we are, like it's it might happen. I would say it's more likely than not going to happen at this point. In which case, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to feel terrible about themselves. And yeah, and you know the other thing is that you know with with all the stuff coming out about you know, college is sending kids back home. You know, you're looking at UNC, you're looking at Notre Dame, both had trouble doing this, but now their football players are in a bubble. There's no (laughs) way they're getting COVID. (laughs) So unless, of course, they get it from a different football team or they break their curfew or something. Which is, of course, the scary part. (laughs) Of course, completely a, a, a good chance of that too. But, you know, this is a great, there's a really good, way for a lot of these colleges that are still here if, if all the other kids go home and football stays i mean that's their own bubble that's that's you've got it and it certainly bronco said this in his press conference it certainly brings into question the whole student athlete thing like yeah. we're sending the students home but the football players are staying here uh-huh. but it is what it is and 
it might make it. I mean, we've seen with the NBA, you know, we've seen with um, even the UVA football program, you know, when they're in these bubbles, it's probably the safest place for a lot of these people to be. Now, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA, everyone's in the same bubble. College football, people are in different bubbles. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that's going to collide if it happens. Right. But could happen. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is like, you mentioned this earlier, like Big 12, I'm sorry, Big 10, Pac 12. If they if there's a football season and they're not part of it, it's gonna be bad. I mean, it's, it's essentially look, the death penalty for the program. It's gonna look really bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're gonna have players wanting to transfer. You're gonna it's gonna hurt recruiting, TV. It's gonna hurt. I mean, the money's gonna kill them. Money's gonna kill them. So like, and, and I mean, they're talking about a spring season, but like, there's no way that that's gonna be anything if close. Sixty percent of the Power Five plays in the fall. There's not gonna be a spring season. I mean, you've got you've got the SEC. The Big Twelve and Clemson in one in one area, and then you've got Ohio State in the other half, right? Yeah. And those are like the and Oregon, maybe. I mean, those are the only teams like I care about in college football <laughs> at this point. I mean, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State's cool. USC's fine, but I mean, like Michigan, Ohio State is turning into Tech UVA, right? Exactly. It used to be. And like even Notre Dame's in the ACC now. Like all the good, all the really good teams. That people love watch like you've got you've got the Red River rivalry playing in the fall. Like all the good stuff is happening in the fall, except for Michigan Ohio State, much. and like no one wants to watch it anyway because they know the outcome. So, <laughs> so no one's gonna want to watch the spring football, and it's gonna be basketball season. There's gonna be NBA, baseball's gonna start again. It's just gonna be a mess. Yeah, it's just gonna be weird, and and they're gonna look silly if people are playing. And and to be fair, I I wanted I thought that football should be canceled. I didn't think that there it's going to happen. I but, mean, I thought there was no shot it was going to happen. But you know the the and from what I've heard about UVA, they've done such a good job about keeping the kids in like in their own bubble mm-hmm. in like practice dinner room, and like there's just like and they get dinner in the room, so it's yeah. like practice room practice room. It's just crazy how they made it happen. So. And of course, the risk is when students return, but right, and that hasn't happened for UVA yet, and it might not happen still, but it still might happen. So we'll we'll see. And of course, this is all fluid. <laughs> we don't know anything. Nope. Nope. No, so we we're just not speculating. Experts. We're just speculating. But I think at this point, there's a really good chance that it still happens. Yeah. Last thing we want to touch on in football are the jersey numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a cheesy tradition. It's corny, but I've kind of gotten into it. And, you know, as we record this podcast, the second round of jersey numbers is being selected. Um, So we don't know what will come of that. But last week, first round of jersey numbers were selected. Uh, It was something like 20 guys. I will say, you know, I kind of got it right. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. Richard Bernie was the first player to select his jersey. He was in my top four. I'm very proud of you. In my top four. So I'll, I'll take credit for that. Um, Dustin, any takeaways from the jersey selection last week? I think the first thing and, and the only thing that should be on anyone's mind is that Zane Zandier is number zero. We first time in UVA history we've got a number zero. Uh, it's one of the rule changes. The only, the only important rule change from this season, honestly, is that people can wear <laughs> number zero. And uh, I think it's really fun to see that. It, it fits his personality perfectly, I think, you know, from 33 to zero. What do you think? How do you feel about Zero? I love Zero. If anyone was going to be the first player to rock Zero, it was going to be Zane, the guy yeah. who wrote Kill on his face during the Tech game. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it, It's a perfect match. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so there's a couple different ones. I like uh, I like Armstrong at five. You know, he. Um, That's what he I, wore in high school. I like that number for him. I think it's a good strong quarterback number. And uh, Snowden stays at eleven. Grant stays at one. You know, Noah Taylor stays at uh, seven. So there's a lot of really solid ones. Some people switch. Not a lot of switching going on, but I like the uh, I like the jersey drafts. I'm here for it. Yeah, just a couple observations. You know, a couple walk-ons got their numbers. Mm-hmm. Paris Jones, who we mentioned, who's probably going to play a bigger role now without Ronnie Walker. Um, Cohen King at safety, also a walk-on, got his jersey number. Um, Nick Jackson and Rob Snyder both got their jersey number, so it bodes well for the inside linebacker position. Mm-hmm. And one I thought was really interesting, Darius Braden, who missed all of last year with the torn ACL, he got his jersey number. So by mm-hmm. all accounts, he's probably been doing pretty well in practice and mm-hmm. hopefully bodes well for the start of the season. I also love Lindell Stone staying at 36, just kind of, you know, coasting. He knows his brand. He knows his brand. is 36. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's fun. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. What are the kind of guys, Rob, that get their jersey numbers in the second round? You know, probably – fringe starters and the rest of the two deep hopefully mm-hmm. will get their numbers you know i think one thing we're really going to be looking for is you know what transfers get their numbers because the transfers you know when they do the number selection we didn't have the benefit of spring practice but we had the benefit of winter workouts to go through that so the yeah. guys who were there for that certainly have an advantage so looking here you know what uh underclassmen in general will get their numbers and what transfers will get their numbers you know you'd think rashawn henry who figures to play a big role gets his number um, you think guys like, especially with Dontavian Wicks out now, you think mm-hmm. guys like Billy Kemp, you know, Tavares Kelly get their numbers. Um, and, you know, really just filling out the rest of the two deep is hopefully what you get tonight. Were there any starters that didn't get their numbers last week? Um, you I know, mean, unless you're counting Kelly and Kemp as not starters. Yeah, you know, that was the present. That was probably the promising thing is that the presumed starters pretty much all got their numbers. You know, I'm sure I'm missing guys here and there. Um, but no one really stood out as, oh, that guy didn't get their number. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get coming into it, which, you know, Charles Snowden talked about this in his press conferences. The transparency is there. You know, the coaches, the players select the jersey number order, but the coaches are transparent with the players. The players obviously know what's happening with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty transparent process. So there weren't really any huge surprises last week. Um, you know, really our biggest surprises that are going to come out of this is probably, you know, who doesn't get their jersey number. And we're still trying to figure out how who these two players who aren't at practice are. You know, rumor has it is that they're not on the two deep. So maybe we notice, maybe we don't. But that'll really be the biggest thing to come out. It's probably more who doesn't get their number than who does. Because hopefully you're filling out the two deep um, with this number selection tonight. Last question I'll ask about the jersey draft. How do you feel about the new numbers on the jerseys? So, you go first. What do you think about the new numbers I, on I, the jerseys? You know, I like them. I think they're fine. Uh, the, the the cuts are kind of, I mean, they're growing on me for sure. I think when they're moving and they're playing fast, we're not going to notice them that much. I think it's just going to look a little bit sharper than than usual. But uh, I don't I don't mind them at all. I think they're cool. Yeah. I, I will say... I'm not the biggest fan, but if you ask me like a year from now, I'm sure I like won't notice the difference. Like, like give me a game in them and I'll probably like barely notice. Like if you squint really hard, you can't even see the little slashes. So I think it's fine. It, it is what it is. <laughs> but we'll leave it at that. Hopefully the jersey numbers will come out soon enough and um, hopefully we'll fill out our two deep. Yeah. And uh, 
Anything else we want to talk about with football? Or is that the last thing? It's the last thing I had on my list. Last thing. So we're going to move on to something a little less happy. Uh, former UVA tennis coach Brian Bolin uh, resigned from Baylor last month. And it's just come out that the reason for that resignation was because he was sending some inappropriate texts to a student at Baylor who was trying to get on the women's team, uh, texting the student at two, three o'clock in the morning, kind of soliciting some stuff. It's unclear exactly what what the goal was, or and and that's not officially the reason why he resigned. You know, the the Baylor uh, president didn't say that. said that she couldn't speak to that as a personal issue. So uh, just kind of a weird situation, not a great situation for Bolin. Definitely not a good situation for Baylor either. You know, they're kind of known for not treating, you know, sexual assault against women really well, especially with their football program. You know, there's a huge thing a couple of years ago. So this is kind of, and you know, it just makes you think because Bolin left UVA pretty abruptly when he did to go to the U, uh, USA tennis program. And he also left that program after a couple of years to go to Baylor. So he's been bouncing around a little bit. It's unfortunate because at UVA, he, he was, you know, pretty beloved by everyone, won four national championships. I don't think anyone from UVA has come out and said any, that he was inappropriate with anyone here, but uh, just an unfortunate kind of thing from a, UVA alum certainly you said that very well and it was very surprising when he left you know he left a, probably one of the most successful programs at UVA mm-hmm. being the tennis program when he I, left. I would say these most successful at the time probably yeah and no one really knew why and you know it, there's always things like that where especially with the non-revenue sports things get very political there and you never really know entirely what's going on behind the scenes. We never really found out. You know, the hope is that this wasn't happening at UVA either. Um, but, you know, it's tough to say. Still a very developing story. Um, not our favorite story by any stretch. But, you know, like you said, Baylor Baylor certainly has a lot of work to do to clean up their reputation, and this doesn't help. Yeah, so he... Uh... He resigned actually on July 29th, with I, which I missed. I, I didn't I missed even it too. I didn't even see that. I don't. I didn't see anything about that. But he resigned from Baylor on uh, July 29th. Uh, the this the act is being investigated by Baylor's Title IX office, so I, it's pretty pretty severe in that way. And uh, you know, I think that it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. You know, if there was anything that happened at UVA or in the U.S. tennis program as well if he was doing anything like this. So, you know, it's unfortunate, and but we wanted to mention it because it did pertain to UVA sports. But, you know, I think that's all we really want to say. That we don't have any more information at this time. But moving on, there are some who's playing basketball right now. They're not in college anymore. They graduated, but they are in the bubble. And uh, there are five of them still left. Or actually, there's only four at this point. There's four left, left in the bubble. Uh, Joe Harris, unfortunately, had to leave. It was a non-medical personal issue uh, very vague about what that was but joe harris is no longer in the nba bubble so his season is pretty much done at this point the net season is pretty much done at well this yeah point well too. His, his yeah so <laughs> the nets nets are down 3-0 to the uh who are they they're playing someone i actually don't remember i'm not as you probably know i'm not the best nba guy 
shoot. Here, we'll look this up. We have the internet at our disposal. We've got the internet, but the Nets are down three to zero. Uh, they're playing the they're playing Toronto. That's who they're playing. Um, but Joe Harris had confirm. to Joe Harris had to leave, and uh, he was playing pretty well though for the Nets during the bubble season. Uh, Justin Anderson is also on the Nets. He's he's gonna get more minutes now that Joe is gone but once again joe i mean joe could come back but he would have to quarantine for 14 days and there's just they're not gonna last that long so i think that it's these his uh his time is done but hopefully he's doing okay hopefully you know whatever he left for is uh, is is all right at this point whether it's family or something else so we all best wishes to joe uh malcolm brogdon is playing for the pacers He's also down 3-0, uh, which is unfortunate because Malcolm hasn't been shooting that great uh, except for today's game. He had 35 points and 14 assists, but before that, he had not been playing uh, super well, and they are down to the heat, uh, 3-0. Devin Hall is playing for the Thunder. Uh, he He's played a little bit. in the um, He played a little bit in the seeding games, but hasn't played yet in the... Um, in the actual games, uh, his we're actually watching the Thunder uh, Rockets game right now. He is not in the game. Nope. And uh, I think that the Rockets are winning right now. So, yeah, the Rockets are. It's a close game though. Houston's up two zero though. So, we'll see what happens there. And Mike Scott is on the Seventy Sixers. He's been getting some minutes too. And uh, but they are also down three zero in the playoffs so none of those guys have won any game <laughs> tough look tough look and i will say um those guys didn't win a lot of postseason games at uva either don't go there that's, <laughs> that's dangerous territory <laughs> okay i'm just saying mike scott uh, you know mike got, scott that's fair that's fair <laughs> mike scott got crushed by florida in that one game um devin and malcolm and justin and joe you know there's some tough Tough outs from Michigan State there. One from Syracuse. Not talking about Syracuse. We're still not ready for I, that. You know, honestly, at this point, Syracuse is more painful than UMBC. UMBC had the happy ending. Syracuse had another Syracuse. crushing loss to Florida afterwards. It was just terrible. It was all terrible. Um, I still hate. I don't like Syracuse anymore. I'm out on yeah, Syracuse. Me too. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the bubble update. So some who's are doing well. Ty and Kyle. Uh, out of the bubble now, they their t- respective teams, the Suns and the Kings, did not do well in the seeding game, so they were not able to play. But well, the Suns did all they could. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> they did the, all they could. That's true. The Suns went eight and zero, but they were so yeah. bad the rest of the season. That <laughs> they they just needed to it. play the whole season in the bubble. Right, exactly. Uh, Devin Booker went off. I, Ty didn't play hardly at all. Yeah, I didn't play very much. Uh, I don't think Kyle played at all either. Um, but it was good for them to get that practice, good for them to get exposure. It's just good to be on rosters, mm-hmm. really. Well, you know, the thing about Kyle, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that they would have had to like bring him up, kind of like in the same with the regular season on that two-way contract. Mm-hmm. So while he was there and practicing, still couldn't play in the games. So it's understandable. But uh, yeah, that's all from the bubble. You know, it's fun to watch NBA again. And speaking of watching NBA, you should... Bet with Bet Online. 
betonline.ag. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are back in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline is all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We are also sponsored by Manscaped. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with the LED light so you can manscape in the shower or in the dark or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released the, their Shears 2.0 nail kit, the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools that includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp with the natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, the testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. And listeners of the show will get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and by shaving that front trunk. Our favorite sponsor. I love Manscaped. I still I still want a, a sample from them, but we haven't gotten one yet, which is unfortunate. I mean, Manscaped's made it big time. I mean, if Colin Cowherd is reading the same ads we are, you know. Yeah. We're going places, or he's also going places. I don't know. <laughs> Which way are Maybe we converge going? Converge in the middle. Somewhere. Which way are we going? I mean, I, all all I'll say is that we had to edit some of that out. It is very explicit, and we are a clean podcast for the most part. Uh, we've had to bleep some things out in the past uh, for some guests, but uh, we 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 <laughs> like to we like to read ads as they are. Uh, but can't do it for Manscaped. It's too it's too explicit for us. There's some swear words. We don't like swear words here, but yeah, I think, uh, I think for now, unless Rob, you have anything else to add, I think we're pretty much done with the podcast. I think we are too, man. I think Uh, there's a lot of news coming out next week that we just got to keep looking out on. One, I want to give one shout. Um, I want to give a shout to Ron Rivera, uh, head coach of the Washington football team, just diagnosed with cancer. Uh, It's really a sad story, but he's going to... He's going to keep coaching, which is great, and uh, hopefully he he gets cured. The prognosis looks good, so hopefully he will uh, fully recover, and hopefully he will be able to coach throughout the season, and Jack Del Rio won't have to do that. Yeah. No, 100%. Well said. Um, I'm Dustin's a Saints guy. I'm a Washington football team fan, Mm -hmm. and uh, certainly some tough news there um, for a franchise that just can't avoid the tough news right um so yeah wish him the best and hopefully it's something he can get past yeah we haven't talked uh washington football team in this podcast rob has not <laughs> wanted to but really uh not much of a reason <laughs> no 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 reasons i will say any name that you that you prefer at this point that they move forward with i'm i kind of like washington football team if okay I'm, if i'm being honest like we're so 
you can like choose something that's never gonna resonate or it'll take five or ten years to resonate mm-hmm. washington football team is like kind of dull but like maybe it's already little, caught on it's already caught on like i wish we were washington football club i feel like that mm-hmm. have like the soccer ring to it like yeah. maybe we get a little bit of that but i'm okay with that you know just don't mess it up like just don't mess up the new name whenever it comes out mm-hmm. i don't have a preference though okay sorry to bring it up <laughs> i know that's hard for you to talk about but um that's all for us today. Thanks so much for listening. We are the guys in ties. It's good to be back in person. Absolutely. I, I thought we Absolutely. I thought we riffed really well today. Playing I loved off it, each man. other. I loved it. And because uh, on the phone it's like, is he done talking? Yeah, is there a can pause? I, can is I, pause I talk long now? Enough? Yeah. So but it's good to be back in person. Hopefully we'll be able to do this a little bit more. We'll probably still do some distantly, depending on the situation, but hopefully we'll be able to do some distantly, but in person as well and at the very least it sounds better it does yeah it sounds so much hopefully you guys like my voice better. you better appreciate this we are (laughs) uh we had to work to do this (laughs) but anyway make sure to follow us on twitter at guys and ties pod make sure to follow us on instagram and snapchat for all that bonus content at guys and ties pod make sure to follow us on spotify and itunes if you want to keep listening to us go check out armchair media they've got all your favorite podcasts they've got a lot about the nba they've got some about mlb they've got some about fighting uh all that stuff all the sports that are happening right now they've got a podcast for it make sure to check them out and we will see you guys next time go who's